Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, Alexander, or you can call me Mr. Blue. Either way, I'm here to talk about the spiritual path. So I've got some exciting episodes coming your way and we're starting today. I am going to be talking about spiritual practice or embodied practice. I feel like we are definitely aware, all of us, that we are inundated with information and there's this idea that we have spiritual commercialism happening where there is so much spiritual information that we ourselves can get in a rut of podcasts and listening and just going through this consuming without allowing for information to become embodied, to drop down from the, the, the idea of brain and, and mind into the body or the heart. And very specifically, since we'll be talking about the spiritual path, your spiritual practice, where it is an active, it's an action, where the information becomes embodied. So I wanted to just jump into several weeks of words that inspire my practice since I have several. And we're going to start today with the word write, and it's going to be about writing practice. So it's exciting because I'm actually in a writing retreat right now with one of my mentors, with a woman that I've been reading her books for years. So before I tell you about the writing retreat and about this amazing mentor, I've never met her until now. And I'm about six weeks into this writing workshop. We meet every week on Saturdays for three hours. And then every week in the middle of the week, we have a writing lab on Wednesdays. So before I tell you about the retreat, let's go back to the beginning. I want to take you back to my childhood and take you back to my first memories about writing. See, because a lot of people, well, you might be one of them. You're like, I'm, I can't call myself a writer because, you know, I can't be a writer until I'm published. Or you may be like, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to call myself a poet because that's ludicrous. That's so arrogant and insane. <laughs> what makes a poet? What makes a writer? What makes a pianist? A musician? a painter. For me, I think it's, you're a writer if you're writing regularly. You're a poet if you're working on poems regularly. You're a painter if you actually have paints and brushes and water or acrylics and all the parts that go into, no, oils, all the parts that go into oils. Mind you, I'm going to be doing my first oil painting in real life in May. I can't wait to tell you more about it. In New York City, that's right. I'll be fully vaccinated and heading to New York City. Oh my gosh, more on that, I digress. So we're talking about if you're a pianist, you play the piano. If you're a musician, you sing or you play the instrument. If you're a yogi, you're on the mat doing poses. If you are a dancer, you are dancing. So granted, you might not be like a professional painter, pianist, but we're talking about embodied spiritual practice. And today we're talking about writing. So the very first time I wrote, I remember five years old, 
I remember being so interested in my pens and my pencils and my office supplies. I don't know why I called them office supplies. And I just loved getting those items for Christmas. I remember a Christmas where I was going to get the Crayola Caddy. And it was this like caddy that had you spun around on a turntop table caddy and it had paints. And then on the it was like a square and so one side of the square were the paints and like poster paints poster paints remember when we used to paint posters (laughs) are you a poster painter (laughs) that means you have to paint posters who paints posters oh that's fun crayons markers watercolors little places for the pens all in this caddy it was so amazing I was so excited and then birthday after birthday I would get office supplies and I used to love to play school during the summer like we would have summer school and we would write lesson plans and my handwriting and pens and erasers and little cat little just all kinds of stickers and dainty little (laughs) paper clips all the things so I remember writing as journaling, and that was very much rooted in my upbringing as an, as an LDS Mormon household, and in the culture, it was not unheard of at all that you were encouraged to journal. And so I carried and kept journals for many years, probably until I was about 30, for 30 years, and I have them all. I remember my first story that I wrote in elementary school. In fact, I just was thinking about them this week. So I found them yesterday. I went through my boxes. I have two boxes with all the things, maybe three. And I went through the one and found the two handwritten with pencil in that old 80s, 70s, actually, um, late 70s, early 80s, lined It's kind of like this gray color with these blue and red lines to practice your lettering. And I wrote these stories about this fairy. (laughs) Of course, it's about a fairy. And I found them. I, I loved it. I have them. I pulled them out. They're close to me now. So let me take you to the first time I remember connecting with writing. And it was in high school. It wasn't a high school for me. I don't feel like I grew up in a home where we were, where literature was discussed or where we were readers. Um, I do remember my parents had a lot of books and I know that they were reading a lot of self-help books or religious books, but I don't remember talking about like literature or poetry. I don't remember being encouraged I guess there were times where they wanted me to do some reading and I really struggled with sitting down and reading. I don't know if I was just too hyper and energetic. Um, The only thing I did that, that I sat down and did for quite a few years was piano lessons. And then even then, by the time I got to high school, I felt like I had such a hard time sitting still. And for reading, I all remember feeling like I don't I couldn't understand what I was reading and I felt like it took me so much time and that I didn't have the time to read. And I, we watched a lot of TVs and TVs, TV and movies on VHS tapes at my house growing up. So 
I'm taking you then to high school is when I had junior year, 11th grade is when I had my first writing teacher that I absolutely connected with, Mrs. Crystal. She was really thin, short, very elegant. She had very tanned brown, beautiful brown skin, deep, dark eyes, black hair. And it was very short. And she kept it short, not like buzzed short, maybe like two inches, but it was very straight and it would come down and frame her face. And she had these beautiful eyes and her smile, when she would smile, it would pull up her entire, it would elevate her entire body like she was gently floating off the ground. She was so interesting. And the class was Brit Lit, British Literature. I remember we we shortened it and it was called Brit Lit. Are you in Brit Lit with Mrs. Crystal? And I really wanted to do well. And even in that course in that year, I didn't do all the reading. That was very common for me. Even right now in my current writing retreat, we were reading a novel and I didn't finish the novel for the discussion day. So that's a familiar feeling for me to not be reading the whole book by the time it's due. So in British literature, I remember this was the time when the teacher and the students and the comments and the whole feeling in the room, it it was very intriguing to me. I wanted to know more. And I remember listening to students talk and Mrs. Crystal would give these juniors, us juniors, space to discuss. And I very rarely shared because I didn't feel like I was smart enough or understood the the material and I didn't know how to do it. I didn't feel like this was a skill I learned at home, you know, how to discuss literature or a poem. A poem. 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 Do you say poem or do you say poem? I'm going to start saying it like much longer. All right. So the next writing class I remember college. So it wasn't until I graduated from high school, my first year in college, I was at a junior college here in Southern California called Irvine Valley College. This is when it all came together. Her name was Brenda Boron, Boron, B, I don't remember how to spell it, Brenda Boron, B-O-R-O-N maybe. We read the book, um, let's see, our workbook was Writing with Style. I just looked it up on Amazon yesterday. I don't have it anymore. I'm going to order this one. Uh, We wrote essays the entire semester. We read short stories. We did read a couple novels. Um, I do believe we read Beloved by Toni Morrison. And I do believe that the next year at junior college, my second year, I had at my next writing class. And when I read, I remember reading Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. And that's one piece of literature where I really felt like I connected. I remember in, in high school having all these other books like The Scarlet Letter, like Animal Farm, like but I never read them. And I was always struggling to get the cliff notes and try and write some fake essay about (laughs) what I didn't read. Oh my gosh. So writers are readers and writers write. 
That's one of the things I'm learning in my retreat. So before I tell you about the retreat, let me finish with Brenda Boron at Irvine Valley College. This is where she taught me and reading this book, um, writing with style, all the elements of writing. I finally connected with it. And I remember one of my first essays. Oh, and I found all of these essays in my box yesterday. I have, oh, I think all of them. It was so interesting to read them. I remember writing them. I remember this first essay where I spent like, you know, 20 hours, like trying to figure out how to write and to take the suggestions. And she would make us do an outline before we wrote the essay where we had to find the thesis and then we had to write down the arguments and go through the introduction and then into the conclusion. And we had to nail it before we started writing it. And I was looking at my outlines. I'm like, this is so good. I remember this introduction and I've always had very strong creative introductions. That has always been one of the, the one thing I could do. Today's program is sponsored by Viral Mindfulness Academy. That's right, my academy. Viral Mindfulness Academy is my online school and I'm on a mission to spread embodied practice, embodied presence and practice towards your spiritual life. And writing is one of the tools we use at Viral Mindfulness Academy. So I'm going to read to you right here one of my recently timed writing practices. So practiced timed writing. It was a 10 minute timed and you just keep moving your hand with your pen or pencil on paper and you don't stop until the timer goes off. This was the prompt. I did a writing prompt and it was, I'm thinking of, you ready? How I'm actually in retreat with Natalie Goldberg. I'm thinking of our introduction. I was in my mid twenties studying at the foot of the Wasatch Mountains in Provo, Utah. By day, I was a student at Brigham Young University, and by night, a budding professional server at a premier steakhouse. What was I studying at BYU? Men. <laughs> the bigger the cock, the better. I knew I was in a conundrum when I'd catch myself praying, auditioning, performing at the foot of Jesus as a young boy. Living on East Capitol Boulevard, to be exact, I was sitting on the floor of our kitchen dining room next to a gas fire encased in a brick with a seven-foot painting of fucking Jesus Christ hanging on the mantle. It's no joke, just a fact. I knew I was in an oxymormon, even a pickle, as I tried to control my wild mind and fantasy. Quote, I wonder what his penis looks like under that drag. End quote. BYU was a unique dimension, a time in my life when I believed I was struggling with, again, quote, same-sex attraction, or SSA. As an active temple going and something Mormon, I supposed parroting is exact. As a parroting Mormon, chirp, chirp, Waddle, waddle, caca. I was trying to be straight. Tammy, my dad's youngest sister, a writer, mother of seven girls, my she's a soul sibling, funny, feminine, a lover of chocolate and deep truth, 
gifted me writing down the bones. She had purchased a used copy at the famous Powell's in Portland. That's the end of my practice. Good job. Did you listen? Part of what we do in writing practice is we listen and we listen without judgment, without comment. So let me tell you about Natalie Goldberg. I read that first book, Writing Down the Bones, in the 80s. My aunt gave it to me probably in 95. This is what she wrote in the cover. Find your passion, enter the flow, welcome David. She called me David because I used to go by my first name. So I wrote this for the introduction to Natalie Goldberg's um, writing class. Uh, It's an eight-week online writing workshop. She normally teaches them in person. She never has done them online until the whole 2020-2021 great dysthymia. And I've been meaning to get over to meet her. She usually does retreats in New Mexico, and I've never explored New Mexico either, and it was on my list for 2020, and then, uh, you know. So I'm in retreat with her, and this is what I wrote to introduce myself to the community. Well, this is a variation because I kind of edited it for social media. So Natalie Goldberg inspired the connection between my writing practice and sitting meditation. I am ready and excited to be here in an eight-week writing workshop with her. As Rilke says, here to sign is so viel, to be here is immense. I've diagnosed this period on planet Earth as the great dysthymia. Natalie's book, Writing Down the Bones, was gifted to me in my late 20s. My aunt wrote a few words in the cover, find your passion, enter the flow. Years later, with a different virus as my intimate teacher, HIV positive since March 17th, 2003, I know my passion and consistently put myself in the flow one day at a time. I obsess less over what I'm creating these days with words, paints, notes, and podcast episodes, and focus on the space that opens within me through the process of creating. Natalie's words and essence have inspired my path for decades. I've read all but two of her 15 books. She connects writing practice to sitting meditation in a brilliant manner. I cannot tell you how wonderful it is to sit and write and learn and listen and observe the nature and quality of mind with her. Oh my gosh. So she's 72. She's so cool. She, I've read all her books. I kept reading them um, after I was inspired by writing down the bones where she really integrates Zen and her learning from a famous not famous, but one of those uh, meditation Eastern teachers, Buddhist teachers that came to the West in, gosh, she must have been doing it in the 70s then. And she's just super cool. And I've really just resonated. She also paints. So there's that. And she's written about four or five memoirs. There's several books that are maybe four about writing She's got a couple collections of art and poetry type things. So what we're doing in retreat, I'm going to finish the episode by telling you what the structure of our online writing retreat looks and feels like. And I'm going to tell you about just one idea 
um, two ideas and then give you the encouragement and assignment to write, to do some timed writing, whether it's for five minutes or 10 minutes, and to give you a few prompts that you can use, grab a notebook. All right. So the structure is we meet, it's an eight week online program. There's probably 2000 of us. Uh, That's what I saw the first Saturday we met. We meet on Zoom. Um, They use that in without, you know, the classroom version, they use like the presenter or the webinar version. So we only see Natalie Goldberg and her assistant, Dorothea is her name. She's been studying with Natalie for years and has been her assistant for years, I think. Uh, Natalie Goldberg is staying up in near Portland in the Pacific Northwest at some for this retreat. Uh, and she mentioned that she has a group of people from Boulder, Colorado, who are the admins that are kind of the digital tech people. And I think they're affiliated with either Shambhala or Sounds True. That's who's kind of producing, helping produce this course. And then we meet every Saturday from 10 my time, 10 to 1. And we, she talks to us and we, we meditate. We always sit and start by meditating. And then she just um, teaches us about different ideas, but we write together um, for at least like 45 minutes. We do timed writing practices with prompts and we do lists, you know, where she'll say list um, flowers, list all of the fruits you can think of. And then she'll bring on people from the participants to come on video for reading because one of the things that she has started with from the get-go is being a writer you also listen to other people and you read what other people have written and so let me just start wait let me finish the structure so then we do that every saturday for eight weeks so i think till the end of april So I've got a couple more weeks. And then every Wednesday, we meet for an hour in the same Zoom meeting place. And we just meet with Dorothea, the teacher's assistant, and we do a 30-minute, it's an hour. So we do um, like three timed writings, and we do a short couple-minute meditation. We do a longer meditation with Natalie on Saturdays. And then, oh, they break us up into small breakout rooms on both Saturday and Wednesday, where we're either with three or four people. And we start with the first person, we start alphabetical. And so I'm always first as Alexander have been, there's hasn't been any other A name to beat me. So I get to read first every time. And we just read so you don't say anything. And people want to say things and she consistently every week when you go to your small groups, just read, don't say anything, don't respond, don't say thank you, don't say anything about what you're going to read, just read, read and listen, read and listen, which is such a valuable lesson in and of itself, like, just listen to people. I caught myself yesterday not listening to my friend on the phone. And I was like, trying to give him all this like advice, and it was stressing him out. Um, Okay, so shut up and listen, read and listen. She also says, from the get go, she's like, you have to write. 
Um, and this is how you write. These are your tools. You have paper and pencil or pen and you have your mind. And she's like, and yes, you digital people. She's really funny about the digital world. She's like, she's not into the digital. Although this here she is by necessity teaching online. It's really funny. The first week she was really funny about being on camera and all the things digitally. So you, those are your tools. And remember, if you are going to use a laptop, great. But I'd love to encourage you, she says, to use pencil, pen, or paper. And I encourage you to use pen because it's it flows quicker, it moves faster, and then you can keep moving. Because for timed writing practice, for 10 minutes, you take the prompt and you go. You don't cross out. You don't stop and think about the right word. You keep moving your hand. So it's your paper and pen and the mind. You're watching your mind. You're observing your mind. And then in our retreats, we listen to each other. So when I'm listening to someone, I'm observing their mind. So you get to know the tools because that's what writing in her opinion, is rooted in is that. And then she, of course, does this funny thing where she's like, and if you if you want to use a pencil, let's not waste our time arguing about that. Use a pencil. That's fine. If you want to use a computer, we're not going to waste time arguing because that's what your brain does. Your brain criticizes you and tells you you're a terrible writer and tries to totally throw you these storylines. So writers write, writers read and they listen. So do you want to be a writer? Okay, this is the week you can do writing practice. I'm going to give you some assignments. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you one more thing that she is teaching me. Well, one, I just have to tell you, it's so amazing to meet this person who I've read her words intimately for decades now. And it's so different. I definitely have this relationship to her, her (laughs) writing my persona of her versus what I've met. Like, I definitely like her better as the person that I'm reading her books. (laughs) But she talks about how find on your head. So I'm touching the top of my head right now. Find where it is on the right side or the left side. And she holds her thumb and index finger together to make like a circle, like a target. Here is where the critic lives right here. Like find where that voice is, that voice inside your head. That's like, Oh, you're not a good writer. You're not published. You're never going to do it. You suck. You, you, where is it? Like find where it is. That's the critic. I think she calls her the critic. Um, I haven't named mine yet. I'm working on that. I'll let you know. And then take your other hand and find the place where she calls hers her darling. No, sweetheart, where her sweetheart lives. And the sweetheart, all the sweetheart says is, keep going, keep writing, keep moving, keep going, keep writing, keep moving. And so then she identifies those two parts, where they are, where they feel like they are on the head, the forehead, the side of the head, the temples. Where's your critic? Where's your editor? Where's your mother, your father? Where's God? You suck. You can't do this. You're not a writer. You don't know how to write. Ooh, you made a mistake. Oh, sweetheart. Mine will be like Mama Blue. Mama Blue's there and she's like, you're amazing. 
keep writing, do it, write, 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 write. So here it is, new episodes, write, write, write. So get out your paper, get a new notebook, go to the dollar store, don't waste time, you're going to, that voice in your brain's going to be like, oh, I got to get the right notebook, I got to order this leather one from online. No, just go get the dollar ones. I get these dollar ones from uh, the grocery store sometimes, but I also like to go to Daiso. It's this fun like dollar, like inexpensive Daiso Japanese inspired. Well, they, they come from Japan. They are fun and I buy little notebooks. Okay, so here are some writing prompt things you could do. You can always just start with, I remember. You can start with, I don't remember. You could write about haircut. You could write about teeth. You could write about scar, scars, directions to your home. You could write, let's see, what was some of the other ones? Um, you could write about the f- my, your first kiss. Uh, you could write about what's going to be difficult for you to let go of when you die. What will you remember most when you're dying? Breakfast. The night you first saw full moon. Anyway, so all you do is just set your timer and you set it for 10 minutes and you just keep writing and you observe your mind and you write, write, write. So... I'll be back soon with uh, music. I'll be back soon with meditation. Um, I'll be back soon with poetry. I'll be back soon with paint, watercolors. Um, I'm going to address these embodied practices because I really want to join my spiritual teacher, Adi Ashanti who has been on sabbatical from teaching and just got back to me and to the community that I belong to in April last week. He's really just talking about how more than ever, with all that's happening, we we want to know and we want to, it's, we're so uncomfortable with the mystery and the unknown. And in fact, that's what we are just swarmed with right now on planet earth it's just the unknown we don't know and so how do we practice how do we embody how do we let our spirituality become an activated and engaged practice and i have found that writing helps me be spiritual not be spiritual but it's part of my spiritual practice uh painting music posing dancing so let go of what you think spirituality looks like or sounds like or what it what it what you think you know being spiritual and instead please let it rain on you may you find a spark from today's podcast episode to be engaged in practice 
spiritual practice and let your spiritual practice be more inclusive. All right, I'll see you next time on the podcast. All my love to your next mindful step.